Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. And happy Black History Month, all. Happy Black History Month to you, Waj. Happy Black History Month. Black authors are having their books banned. Yes. Black Supreme Justices who aren't even named are being smeared. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is suspended. Uh, Black voters are losing their voting rights. Uh, But other than that, what an auspicious start to Black History Month. (laughs) It's extraordinary for the shortest month of the year um, for us to be in this place, but a handful of days into Black History Month. I want to start out um, with the the topic du jour uh, sure. that has been percolating on social media, Waj, and both you and I, you know, have waged in, have weighed into and have, you know, probably similar, but also a different understanding of the controversy surrounding Whoopi Goldberg. And, Mm. you know, I I just want to provide a a brief refresher for folks who either may or may not watch The View, but have now seen like hashtag Whoopi canceled, hashtag Whoopi suspended, and want to understand the context around the why. And, you know, here it was, folks, that uh, on The View, because of the impending ban by a Tennessee school district to no longer want to teach about the Holocaust. And again, Waj, you and I have been having these conversations and mm. I continually bring up uh, the uh, the poem by Martin Niemöller, first they came for, first they came for, right? And so now first they came for critical race theory, right? Which doesn't exist in K through 12. And now they're coming for the Holocaust. Then they went for the gays uh, with don't say gay bill. And now they're coming for Jewish, the the Jewish faith. And let's not talk about the Holocaust. And also Uh, don't forget uh, any uh, books by feminists or books that empower women. And books that empower women. So in this conversation uh, couched in the Tennessee ban around talking about the Holocaust or teaching about the Holocaust, um, Whoopi Goldberg said that the Holocaust was not about race. 
that it was about man's inhumanity towards man and that if we're we need to have an honest conversation when we're talking about race and racism um that that was not part of 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 the conversation around nazism aryan nation blah blah, blah. and then Whoopi was called out uh, immediately for, called immedi- out by her co-host. immediately called out by her co-host um and then came out offered an apology after she received more information on exactly how we were looking at the Aryan quote unquote race, how the third Reich was looking at the Aryan race, how they were looking at the Jewish race. Mm. Now here's the problem that I have Waj and, 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 and I want to get your thoughts is that I believe that we have lost or maybe we never had the ability to have conversations, whether it be on television or in our classrooms about difficult topics, Mm. right? There is a big distinction between a Meghan McCain, a, uh, a Marjorie Taylor green, a, you know, Megan Kelly and a Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. And with this suspension by ABC, in my opinion, what they are saying is that all of these things are the same, that you can't right. have conversations whatsoever with regard to the Holocaust, to the Jewish faith, um, without facing immediate backlash that could have you essentially lose your job if you don't have the right melanin, right, or lack thereof. And I think that that's a problem. What, what, how are you thinking about what we are seeing right now? Yeah, so what Whoopi said was problematic, and the response by ABC News is problematic. But the difference is that what Whoopi said was corrected. And you could tell just from her own behavior and the fact that she used her own uh, uh, comments as a teachable moment that she was apologetic and she was open to listening. And she said, oh, okay, good. And they did reuse it as a teachable moment, right? You compare that to literally the right wing all of a sudden complaining about anti-Semitism. As they promote anti-Semitism, you know, as they promote the replacement theory, as they promote Paul Gosar, who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is an Arizona congressman who voluntarily was a keynote speaker at Nick Fuentes' rally. Nick Fuentes, one of the leading anti-Semites and young white nationalists, right? So you're literally seeing the right-wing movement and the GOP promote anti-Semitism, weaponize anti-Semitism to hit Muslims, oftentimes black people and liberals over Israel. But they really don't care about Jews that much. And you see how mainstream institutions always cater to the bad faith actions and complaints of a right-wing minority. And you saw this happening with Whoopi, right? So a social media campaign starts, and they always whine and complain and talk about victimhood. And then they talk about Joe Rogan and how they're the martyrs. And then ABC flinches and then suspends Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks. And Jews are like, what? We didn't ask you to suspend her. Like right-wing Jews, center Jews, left Jews, most of them, nobody asked to suspend her. They were offended by it. And they were like, why did she say this? They were hurt by it. But then it did become a teachable moment where you're like, okay, Jews see themselves as a people. There's a peoplehood. You don't have to necessarily be religious. You can be even an atheist Jew, but you still are seen and were persecuted and targeted historically as a Jew, right? So this is why people took offense. So 
you took that teachable moment and instead you catered to the bad faith yep. actions and complaints of the right wing. You do a both sides false equivalence, like you mentioned. Whoopi Goldberg is not the same as Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mainstream institutions that represent the majority again cave to the bad faith actions of the minority that are against va- vaccines and against masks. And all of us are hijacked because of their pro-death, weaponized, radicalized identity movement. And also, I want to say this, and this is why I'm concerned also. Let's be real. There are tensions within Jewish and black communities, Jewish and Muslim communities. You know, anti-Semitism is real, ladies and gentlemen. It, just, it has been yep. ongoing, oldest bigotry in the world. These tensions between Jews and blacks also exists. By literally canceling or suspending Whoopi Goldberg over this, it actually, in a strange way, fuels anti-Semitism and the conspiracy theories. Because I'm telling you the conversation that people aren't having openly, but they're having on WhatsApps. See, those powerful Jews crushed Whoopi. See, you can't say anything. You can suppress votes. You can do this. You can go against black people. But the Jews are powerful. No one's saying this publicly. I'm telling you, these are the conversations that seep through, right? And in a way, that's why you have Jews saying, why are you overcorrecting and overpunishing when all we asked for was a conversation? And that, that to see, and that is the thing. It is exactly what you just said, an overcorrection, yeah. right? And then this grand lumping in of a Whoopi Goldberg with really bad faith, intentionally misinformed, right? Anti-Semites. Anti-Semites. And it's like, and I said this, if you don't actually know who the real villains are, who the real evil is, how are you supposed to fight that? Right. And then what we have set up, because not only are you fueling, right, uh, potentially more anti-Semitism with this overcorrection, as you stated, but also you have just given fuel to the desire of the right wing to ban discussions altogether. And you have just by making Whoopi into this villain have essentially signaled to every single teacher, right, who is now already operating on the defensive in these right-wing states Mm. that are saying that you can't teach, you can't discuss, that look what happened to her. She's rich and powerful and has a TV show. What's going to happen to me if I try and foster critical thinking and questioning in my own classroom about these really tough, horrific episodes in our world history, right? So again, I think... That you're right in the fact that what the the quiet part that isn't being said is that folks now are can think and resume their bigotry in thinking, oh, look how powerful this group is. Right. And that's exactly what they don't need any, quote unquote, special rights. They don't even though anti-Semitism is on the rise, even though there's Nazis marching, even though there was a hostage crisis in Texas uh, just a few weeks ago. You know, but but exactly you, you it, what people then say is they get defensive and they say, oh, everything is anti-Semitic. Oh, uh, I can't say anything. Oh, look, there's special privileges for that group. And then you have the deep state conspiracy, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a, a national security threat promoted by the right wing that says that me and Danielle are invaders being funded by the powerful Jews, George Soros, to replace Western white civilization. I thought it was just a cluster F across the board. Yeah, I, I just I, it's bad I, for everyone. I thought I honestly I believe that it's bad for everyone, but I, I I I have to go back to saying that I believe it's bad for our discourse. Mm-hmm. We do not 
No, we've lost the art of conversation and we've lost the ability to understand when there is an opportunity to expand people's thought and call them in to community as opposed to exiling them and calling them out. And when those lines are blurred and you allow these right wing bad actors, right, to be able to create this echo chamber of pointing fingers and signaling out and creating this uh, increased tension between two very distinctly differently marginalized uh, communities, right? They get to win. That's right. right? Because why, because why we're at each other's throats, you know, saying what and playing the oppression Olympics, which they have orchestrated. (laughs) Right. Right. They're the referee. They're the referee and the, you know what I'm saying? So it, it is, it is, it is really problematic. And what pisses me off is that I offered on Twitter, I said, I really want to understand this, right? And I don't want to mm. be ratioed as nobody wants to be ratioed on Twitter. But I'm like, you, you, I really- You don't wake up, you don't wake up every day and say, I want to be ratioed and hated I want to be ratioed on. and hated um, and called an anti-Semite. But I said, I really want to understand mm. um, why this was considered so egregious, right? Mm. And yet, again- Things that have been said that are a lot more dark and a lot more cruel by varied people that have come on the view, nothing happens to them. Megan right? McCain? Are you talking about Megan McCain? I am talking about the, the one and only Megan McCain? Megan McCain, who recently left the view, but before she left for her years on that show, has said some of the most harebrained racist things that I've ever heard. And it's just been, oh, well, she's a Republican, so she gets to do that. She's wh- a white lady, so well, she gets go. to do that. Well, Daniel, there you go. See, this is, this is, this is where you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head, right? It's, it's the affirmative action for conservatives. I've said this before, is that in the media ecosystem and even in our, in our right-wing ecosystem, excuse me, our, our tech ecosystem, right? You see us bending over backwards, trying to find the quote-unquote moderate conservative, which rarely exists, and the rules are different for them because they're so increasingly radicalized and extreme and believe in conspiracy theories. Just notice CNN, MSNBC, ABC News, just go down the list. Uh, They are allowed to say the nuttiest things that you and me would never, ever, ever be able to say. If you and me, God forbid, said that, it's over. Our careers are over. Mm -hmm. But because they represent conservatives and we do both sides and they represent forgotten America and because it's the the Republican Party and you know the mainstream keeps literally catering to the bad faith actions of this extremist minority, we have to tolerate it. Like how many panels have you and I been on where we're having like a civil conversation about a topic? Yes, there's disagreements, but then they put on a right winger on the panel, the entire panel gets derailed. And then the host has to spend the next five precious minutes of airtime, like literally combating that disinformation. That used to happen to me all the time on yep. CNN. I'm like, why am I doing this? Right. And so there's this compulsion that the mainstream institutions and the majority in this country have that if we just seed ground to them, if we give them a column space, if we make them a commentator, if we bring them on Facebook, maybe they'll be normal. Maybe they'll treat us well. Maybe they'll be happy. And then what we've seen is they're like, nope, we're just going to take power and civility for us and cruelty for you. (laughs) Law and order when we want it. And if not, a coup, a democracy, if it's convenient, if not authoritarianism, it's like, right. We, and we still don't see it. Like they're not playing by the rules. It's Lucy and Charlie Brown, 
And I see this happening with the Whoopi Goldberg case. And again, I think for people who are listening, be, we want to be very clear. What she said was wrong. Yeah. She was rightfully condemned. She was rightfully called out by people. It was hurtful. You have to understand this. Anti-Semitism is real. These communities are under attack. But the response to it by ABC is a reflection of the problem that we are talking about. It's an institutional American response to catering to the bad faith actions of a weaponized, radicalized minority, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is fueling anti-Semitism in America and, <laughs> and the we- normalization of white nationalism. This show is... From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition the midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections we all know that our government is broken politicians spend more time working for themselves their big donors and their political party instead of for us we as americans have had enough of the corruption partisan bickering and gridlock look i get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out but i'm here to tell you there's reason for hope our political system is broken now but we can fix it that's why we've partnered with representatives Represent us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting, and they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. And the fact is, is, you know, and this is why I think it's important to have this conversation and connect it to the book banning and connect it to voter suppression, because at the core of all of this is a desire to silence. Mm. Right. Is to is the desire to silence and to whitewash and erase. Right. Everything. That has transpired in our history that is hard to explain, right? 
How does the whole world just look the other way when six million souls are extinguished from the planet? Mm. Right? How do you look the other way or just say it's so it's okay and you know slavery was justified because we needed to build a country? And right? they were treated and, well. And they, they were fed. and they were and they were fed and otherwise, you know, what would they have been doing? I don't know, living their goddamn lives in <laughs> in the in the countries that they were born in, in the cultures that they were born in, you know? I I have no idea. But like we have to be able to create an environment where conversation can be had because to me what all of this suppression comes back to is miseducation and disinformation mm. that's done on purpose right that is on purpose there you go that's on a keyword on purpose. purpose it is the purpose to create an undereducated citizenry why so that you can control them so mm. that they don't ask critical questions and you have no one to be accountable to because they don't understand what your role is and what their role is in creating a functional society. Right. How do we not have history repeat itself? Oh, I don't know. By teaching the truth about it and how we got to these places and then understanding the gaps in information and education that allowed for these things to persist. Right. Yeah. Like, if we don't have these conversations, if we don't use these moments to teach, then we just continue living on a hamster wheel where we never move past these issues and these problems that we can, I believe, if we have conversation. So I think, you know, what I'm about to say might be controversial in some spaces, but hear me out. This is a problem that is an American problem. It's, it, it exists on the left and the right, but the difference is that the right wing in bad faith projects cancel culture while they're canceling everyone else, where they're literally canceling everyone. They claim victimhood. Meanwhile, oftentimes, uh, the, those who come from marginalized communities, we use the spaces that we've finally gotten to at least have a voice and push back. And oftentimes when we push back against certain individuals, we criticize them. But they don't really get canceled, like Joe Rogan. So the right wing is now using Joe Rogan as an example, equating him with Whoopi Goldberg. You tried to cancel Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan still has his uh, Spotify channel. Yep. And Joe Rogan is using that Spotify channel to promote disinformation against vaccines during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the other artists are using their voice to say, you know what, I'm done with Spotify. That, But what they're using with this victimhood is CC cancel culture. And it's going to win, uh, Daniel. It's, it's going to be a winner, just like political correctness. Look at the left. They, you know, they want to shut down conversation. And they want to shut down debate. And oftentimes the left can do that. I've been the victim of that also. When you, I try to, you know, try to be radical in my, in my uh, approach with meeting some folks, meeting people in the middle. They're like, you can't talk to that person. You can't say this. You can't say that. And I'm like, dude. You have to sometimes meet people where they are. You sometimes have to have uncomfortable conversations. The left sometimes cannibalizes itself. This is what happens yep. the difference between the left and the right. The left uses quote unquote cancel culture to kill itself. Mm -hmm. The right uses it to kill democracy and the rest yes. of us. And the rest of us. I mean, that is so true. There are so many people that, you know, were thrown under the bus by democratic institutions, by the establishment, because of missteps that, again, it could have been used as a course correction, right? Could have been used as a way to amplify conversation about why this is no longer acceptable. I'm thinking mm. about Al Franken, for one, Ooh, right? you're going on the uh, Al Franken I'm limb. I'm going Look on the that. Al Franken limb because here's the thing. Al Franken, comedian, 
terrible picture, terrible, you know, terrible idea. But at the time that that was taken, we weren't having conversations about Me Too. We weren't talking about sexual harassment. And so to then stigmatize that person and say, well, we got to cut ties, right? And and not use it as an, and saying like, actually, uh, sure, that was a terrible photo. It was a terrible idea, but it was in a different context. And now let's have a conversation about it, right? Yeah. Did he take that picture yesterday in the committee hearing room? No, he did not, right? So it's like, are we allowing for a space for people to be able to evolve, Right. And I'm not talking and I'm not again, I'm not talking about rabid racists who say things and do things or rabid anti-Semites who say things and do things. And then because of public pushback, say, oh, I didn't mean what I said in 2020 and it's 2022. Right. Like, I'm not talking about that. You're you're getting into something deeper, which I think we should talk about. And we should talk about in, in progressive spaces as well, is that people are terrified to say anything. And what happens is with social media, I think in the advent of social media, it has flattened all of us. You're only as good as your last tweet. You're only as good as your last post. You're only as good as your last audio clip. Who knows? You and me might get ratioed because of this conversation. We probably will, right? I'm pretty and in sure. the context and the history of a person and, who, and the complexity of a person that's gone, it's erased. And so what happens instead, <clears throat> and this is the really scary part, is number one, people are afraid to say what they really mean, which means they hide it. They still have those opinions. Yes. They say on the WhatsApp chats, they they sit there and nod their head and go, Trump is terrible. When you close the door, they're like, yo, we're, we're voting for Trump. Number two, people do not have the conversations that they need to have about the Holocaust or why so many Jews were offended when Whoopi said what she said and why this is the correct context in which you have to discuss this. They simply, they, they simply say, well, you can't talk about it. Well, I guess I'll just continue being ignorant. Or worse, the right wing uses and weaponizes this resentment, Danielle, mm-hmm. to say, see, you can't tell you can't say nothing anymore. The left shuts you down. There, you just have to be politically correct. Now, I'm telling you. When I went and visited uh, a Trump rally right before the election, the number one recurring like common thread of all these whites who love Trump, he's politically incorrect. He tells it like it is. He says what's on my mind. He doesn't give an F. And like you said, they have then a permission to be gross, vulgar, misogynist, racist, which is not what we're like condoning, right? But at the same time, that resentment is deliberately weaponized by the right wing. And then the projection of the right wing is that they accuse us of everything that they're actually doing, yep. which is cancel culture. And then this, listen, I'm telling you, this wins over voters, folks. This wins over voters, of voters of color. You can't talk about sexuality. You can't talk about gender. I can't talk about religion. And then the right wing says, yes, yep, it's the left. The left is squashing all debate. See, this is what they're doing. CRT, you can't talk, you know. You, you, they're teaching our kids to hate white folks and you can't even like offer a different opinion. And you're like, wait, what? No, we just want books about diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're teaching CRT. They're teaching you to hate democracy and Marxists and leftists this. And what, what happened in Virginia? Parents were like, okay, yep, let's get Yunkin. And, and the Trump in a vest get, got to win, right? Because- That's your warning your, sign, Daniel. That's your warning sign. Because you're able, right? Instead of saying- we're, we want our children to learn, 
right? Mm. Like this is this is the thing. I had this conversation uh, with with uh, Jonathan Metzel on uh, on Woke AF, and I and he had done a study where he looked at Kansas, for instance, when they had gone through this whole series of book burning, book banning, blah, 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 and how over the course of like a decade or so, how it affected their economy, how it affected Mm. their workforce, right? Like what happens when you divest from critical thinking and you divest from education? How do you think that that plays out in the long in the long run for your ability to be globally competitive. Do you want a team of people that only can put the widget on the thing and push it down the conveyor belt? Or do you want critical (coughs) thinkers that are actually able to unpack uh, complex systems and ideas and situations and put them back together? Like, I, I just don't understand where we think this erasure leads us. Well, it leads to comfort, and, and, and uh, the racists have uh, spiked my water, so that's why I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I always blame racism. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. All right, so um, give me a second. There you go. I got my voice back. It's deliberate. It's The erasure is to keep people comfortable. It's to keep power comfortable. And if you notice what's happening during Black History Month, the shortest month of the year, is the books <laughs> they're going after. <laughs> the books, <laughs> they're going after Black women. Yep. They're going after black men. They're going after Latinos. They're going after, <clears throat> excuse me, LGBTQ authors. They're going after Jews. They're going after uh, any conversation about the slavery or the Holocaust or, or or women's rights. Look at the specific targets. Even when it comes to Supreme Court co- conversation, they're maligning black women who haven't even been named, right? So whoever, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the black Supreme Court justice who gets, inshallah, gets nominated. And and it sits on the Supreme Court bench. There's an asterisk next to her name. Oh, she's the affirmative action hire, right? right? You know, it's it's so it's if you notice, just pay attention. Who is being attacked? Who is being erased? What story is being excised from the narrative? It's the story of the rest of us. And the cost of it, as you mentioned, uh, all the data shows that it weakens America. Literally, it makes us stupider. It yep. makes us more poor. It hurts the workforce. It hurts us uh, when it comes to be competitive uh, with the international market. But it keeps those in power comfortable. And they would rather feel comfortable with the narrative that America is a land of opportunity for the white Christian man, and everyone else can come as long as you're comfortable being a sidekick. As long as you're comfortable being a sidekick. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, that, that is really their discourse, right? Like that, that is, that is it. And everything goes, everything feeds back into you not being 
a protagonist in the story of America, yeah, that's right? right? That's right. So if we suppress your vote, if we gerrymander, right? If we get to select our voters as opposed to our voters selecting their representative, which is the foundation of our democracy, mm. then they get to stay comfortable in their ivory tower, collecting their coins, right? While the rest of us fight over the scraps that are left behind. And that is the exact situation that has been set up between Whoopi Goldberg, a prominent black woman, entertainer, mm. actor, you know, multi-hyphenate winner of all the things. I think she's and- EGOT, right? She's right. EGOT she is an EGOT. And like, and the Jewish community, right? Because you get to take these two marginalized and differently oppressed groups, mm. right? That are both battling against white supremacy. That's right. Right? That are both battling against white supremacy in a different, in a different way and in a different context. You get them battling against each other, right? With shit like this, instead of banding together. And looking at the real enemy and what is really at stake here. Can I ask you a question as the sole representative of all black people in America? Thank you so much. Po- That's exactly power- what it says on my on my mailing address. <laughs> with the too. power vested in you by yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I took the, the guess that these are the conversations happening in WhatsApps because I know that they happen in Muslim circles and South Asian circles. I'm just being keeping it as 100. We keep it honest on the show. Keep it real. And then we have to push back against that anti-Semitism uh, when that creeps up, right? And, and oftentimes people, when they're being anti-Semitic or they're being racist or Islamophobic, they're like, oh, I'm not being anti-Semitic. I'm just saying. And you're like, well, well, no, no, listen, you're you're falling into a conspiracy theory. You're essentializing. You're using like, you know, a blanket uh, statement and or description of these diverse peoples. Um, and so it's our job to push back. But these conversations happen. From the last day and a half, Danielle, you know, is that what's happening? Do you see, see that tension in black communities? Oh, my God. Yes. Because how often are horrendous things said about the black community to the black community um, from sportscasters, right? With the Mm. don't kneel uh, to the just just general persecution and nothing happens to these people. Nothing. Mm. And so we're once again, black folks are just like, so this is this is who you get up in arms around and protect. What about the rest of us? Mm. And then that falls into, right, why we have to echo consistently that Black Lives Matter. Because mm. they fucking don't. Because you're able to say that Santa Claus is white. You're able to say, what's wrong with blackface? I, you know, I grew up with it. I don't see the problem. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're able to to do these things and say these things because it's a, an oppressed group of people that has been the nation's pinata. Right. Mm. That has been the nation like the battering ram. So Mm. you can you can do that. And then how it's framed is that, oh, but then you have this marginalized group of people Mm. who actually do have uh, in some instances more economic power. Right. And that's kind of what a lot of this comes back to. Right. Is power power and prominence. Mm. And so that's how you're able to pin these groups against one another. So of divide course, and conquer. it is a divide and conquer mentality that works. That it works, works. And, and every single time. And so, yeah. And, and meanwhile, what's happening right now and going connecting the dots is, you know, when we try to be the co-protagonist of the narrative, when we say, you know what, maybe Harriet Tubman should be on one of these dollar bills. You know, maybe we should teach books also by black folks and brown folks. Look, I was born and raised in America. You're an educator. I never saw books 
that featured people like me ever. Like, I know everything about white people. Ask me about white people. I've been studying them my entire life. I've been forced yep. to study them my entire life, right? But there are also indigenous folks and Latinos and Asian Americans and black folks. There a whole bunch of us are also Americans with the hyphen or the asterisks that we were completely erased from the textbooks. And so what we're saying is, oh, you know what? We're not trying to replace you. We just, we want to bring our meatloaf and our bean pie and our biryani and our enchiladas to the table we don't want to replace the potato salad which is interesting you have that potato salad also but we also want to be here and they're so threatened that they see that as a replacement and the replacement theory again is the number one conspiracy theory of white supremacists that says it's the jews who are the powerful cabal using the savage blacks and muslims and latinos to replace white people which shows you how we're so connected in this which is why if you're listening don't fall for it i got i got heat during the um you know a couple weeks ago when there was the that that unfortunate incident at the uh, texas synagogue where that british uh, pakistani guy that none of us have met and his own his own family renounces comes from Pakistan, goes to New York, goes to Texas, finds a random... This is how anti-Semitism works. This is how all bigotry works. It's stupid as it is vicious. Finds a synagogue which is closest to the detention center of this lady called Afia Siddiqui, who's this Pakistani Muslim uh, uh, terror suspect who got convicted, right, in the war on terror. And it's like a, 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 a kind of a very controversial case, but nonetheless, that's where she is right now. And he wants to defend her because he says she's a political prisoner. So what does he do? He decides to take over a synagogue and hold four Jews hostage because he thinks Jews have this magical power and control everything. And because he will, t- you know, take control of these, this, this synagogue, the quote-unquote, the Jews will respond and control their levers of power and release Afia Siddiqui, right? And we saw overnight where I'm like, as soon as you find out the terror suspect was a Muslim guy or a Pakistani guy, I'm like, here here we go. Here comes the okey-doke. And I preemptively said, don't fall for it, guys. Don't fall for it. They use uh, divide and conquer against our communities. We have to stand together against hate. Jews and Muslims are facing the same foe, white supremacy, which is fueling anti-Semitism. And then all the right-wing folks said, literally, they call me a terrorist sympathizer simply because I'm Muslim. Uh, you know, I, I I tweeted an article 10 years ago that I did not write about Afia Siddiqui, and they used that. So th- these are the two claims to call me a terrorist sympathizer. An article I tweeted from 10 years ago and that I'm Muslim. And then other people on the right wing, divide and conquer, said, why are you talking about Islamophobia during anti-Semitism? Can't you just wait? I'm like, because I have the capacity to be concerned about many issues. <laughs> to chew gum and yeah. walk at the same time. I did multiple tweets about the horrible situation. I talked about anti-Semitism. And I said, I know how this script plays out in America. They will use it to divide us. People who do not care about our communities are going to weaponize anti-Semitism to attack Muslims and put us at loggerheads. And I feel that that's also happening in some yep. capacity with black and Jews. It is. And it has always happened. And and that's the thing that, you know, when you say don't fall for the rope-a-dope, I say that <laughs> all the damn time. I'm like, wake up. Like the game that they're playing is not new. But mm. this, the reason the reason they continue to play it is because it always works. Right. When is when do we ever and this this is when do we ever ask white people to apologize for their whiteness? When did, did we, did, who did, who did we call on uh, during the, the trial of the McMichaels for the murder of Ahmaud Arbery? Who in the white community did we call on <laughs> to take on the responsibility to apologize for the egregious behavior of the of these murderers? The when, moderate when was, white? Where where right. were the moderate whites? Where where were where where were they? Where where is their point me to their leader so that then they can <laughs> offer an official statement on behalf of whites 
right? That yeah. says that they're all not racist murderers, right? You know, again, you brought up the 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 Supreme Court justices and already the backlash, right? Mm. Uh, on the fact that you're identifying, and I just had Ellie Mistel uh, on, on Woke AF who broke this down wonderfully. He goes, Danielle, we've had... A hundred, I think it was, what did he say? I think it was something around 115 Supreme Court justices in the United States. 108 of them have been white men. Yep. Right? Donald Trump appointed, he said, uh, 85% of the judges that he appointed were white Mm -hmm. and 75% of them were white men. Right? Mm -hmm. So how is it that when we, and, and, and nobody not NBC, not ABC, not CNN, not MSNBC ran a poll asking people how they felt about their white Supreme Court justices. There you go. But they run a poll to ask Americans, how do you feel about a black Supreme Court justice? Where, was, pl- where was that poll when you were appointing uh, Neil Gorsuch? white Supreme Court justices. Trump had three shots. And in all three shots, he got three whites and no one ever asked, huh? Why are you catering to white folks and ignoring the rest of America? No one ever asks, huh, Republican Party, you're complaining about a black Supreme Court justice. But do you know historically that the vast majority of Supreme Court justices and presidents and uh, elected officials are white? Are you suggesting that only white people should be in power? I tweeted this and I said, well, how come Democrats don't go on the offense and like attack? And I, this tweet went quasi viral. That's what I would be asking right now. Like I would flip it. I'm like, Republicans, are you okay with the only Supreme Court justices being white? Because apparently that's that's what you're saying. And you're perfectly fine with uh, Trump playing identity politics because he said he's going to have a woman. It was a white woman. And Reagan said he's going to have a woman. It was a white woman. So are you just saying a woman's okay unless she's white? Like, that's what I would do. I would just go on the offense if but I was they Democrats. Never, they never do. They never do. But all of those are the right, the right questions to ask and allow for the first time ever for Republicans to craft their defense. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is that they're the ones that play racial politics and identity politics all the time. But because and as Mitch McConnell said, the quiet part out loud, you have African-Americans and then you African have American, Americans and, and then Americans. you have Americans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Af- African-Americans are voting as just the higher rights as Americans. He kind of became Nixon, but they're all both evil, so I don't care. Uh, my Mitch McConnell became Nixon, but you know what's also interesting is, uh, is and it's really something remarkable is that the the justices who have you know he hasn't named anyone. Biden hasn't named anyone, but the names that have been floated out, we should like take sit back for a second and be like, this is remarkable, man. Like, look at the 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 bench is deep of black women justices, a potential justices. Like, this is talent. Like, these are really impressive women. Like, why? let's do this. Compare these women who have not been nominated, ladies and gentlemen, but just thrown out there, right, as names. Compare their sterling behavior, excuse me, yeah, their behavior, their background, and their, their education. Yep. To Brett Kavanaugh Come on. and his behavior. I, once, once, inshallah, Biden nominates whoever he nominates, I want you guys to pay attention to how this poor black woman is going to have to behave during the confirmation hearing. She's going to have to be perfect. And then I want you. For just two minutes, go and research or Google or YouTube Brett Kavanaugh's behavior and just compare and contrast. Because I'm old enough to remember how he behaved. Yeah. And you tell me who has the quote unquote demeanor 
Mm. to be a Supreme Court justice because it sure as hell wasn't Brett Kavanaugh with his red face screaming tears of I like beer. And now just, you know, ladies and, and gentlemen. sneering and promising and, revenge. What goes around comes around. What goes around comes around. Confrontational against Amy Klobuchar. Remember all that? Oh, yeah. And Kamala Harris and other, like, yeah, I remember all of it very, very, very clearly. Um, and I think, you know, the point of this show uh, and this platform is to connect the dots, right? Mm. So folks, as as Waj said, you don't fall for the rope dope You don't fall for the, the easy bait, you know, that is being put in front of you to divide us all so that white supremacy can continue to rule. Because that that is what's happening. That is the goal. That is the desire. And when we are head to head with one another, playing the oppression Olympics, which they have designed and referee, we lose. And they get all the medals, too, which sucks. We do all the work and the suffering. We don't even get the medals. We don't even get them. We don't even get to be on the podium. Because because that means we're replacing them. Yeah, we'll just be we'll, we'll, we'll just sit there in the benches and be happy. With whatever scraps they throw us. But you know what? F that. I'm done with that narrative. I am as well. Folks, thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. I'm Ajahat Ali. And we will be back next week as we continue our trip through this very short, short Black History Month. <laughs>